0: guys welcome back to the morning news today we're joined by mental health activist author public speaker and um, we have Tawone Sessa Kariza today with us um hi Tawone Sesa.
1: hi how are you just to correct you there I'm still studying for the become Law degree but I'm going to bag it definitely
0: oh so you're currently in uni right now yes oh I just wanted to say like the biggest thing that like i've seen is this year or last year you really turned tragedy to triumph because every single day like every day i'll open my instagram it's always something new with you whether you're on a zoom for mental health um you're writing a book you have a you have a company that's helping with mental health um i just want to ask like what inspires you or like what pushes you to keep getting your content out of like out there
1: um i think um i'm driven by passion and love mostly love because um so many things breaks my heart when i look at it and i i mean if i don't take part in in I, I'm, I'm sure my heart should always be broken all the time because so many things <laughs> are happening around so many things are happening around me and it, within my life as well I, I think also just having that personal experience make me more understanding to some hardships um, to depression and to anxiety and so many other painful things So I think when you kind of have your own experience of a big heart, you're pushed to get into the field and do something about it.
0: Oh, yeah? And have, have you always been like this? Or it's like... Or there was an experience that changed you? Or you just always been like this?
1: I think I've always been like this. Um, at the age of 12, I wanted to adopt a child. And <laughs> my mom said to me, "Yo, three kids already like are a lot for me. What do you mean? <laughs> because yep. I discovered I couldn't adopt one because I was underage. So I actually, I actually went to my mom. I'm like, I want to. Do you mind getting me a child?
0: You wanted <laughs> um, to adopt a child when you were twelve.
1: Yes, I. I, I just. I, because I, I, I studied at a school Roosevelt, it was close to a home uh, a, ch- a children's home, and I visited there, I actually went there alone and I got to see the children and I just felt like, no man, this is sad, and I, I feel like I could do something, but I couldn't obviously and then, um, yeah, so I tried to I spoke to my sister, my sister said to me no, you can't adopt a child, you're underage so I, I confronted my mom my mom said, no, I don't think we can afford one <laughs> so I've always wanted to do something. I've always, always wanted to do something. On my way back home from, from primary school, I used to visit this granny, this white granny, she was lonely and I would see her and i will sit down. Like for me, it has always been a passion to make someone's day or to be part of someone's life in a positive way. So obviously when you grow up, you want to bite bigger bones and you want to do more oh, yeah. and you want to be more purposeful and, and intentional. And yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I've always wanted to help. I've always, always wanted to help.
0: What? Like, I just, I'm just curious. I think that's like it's just missing. You were twelve. How were you going to sustain the child? Like, I, guess, I had no idea. I, yeah. I
1: just wanted. I just wanted one of them to be out of that place. Oh yeah,
0: I think that's the biggest thing. Like with the world right now, like there's so much happening, and you see how a lot of people are in situations that they didn't choose for themselves like the whole thing with like kids who've been put up for adoption and i think when you see when you get to see that for yourself like you see that this isn't life like this isn't what's supposed to be there for them and you really want to help and like is that has that also like helped with how you educate people on mental health like how big is mental health for you
1: for me um, so with mental health, I, I grew up a desk and often, but by that I mean, I had my parents overseas and I had a very loving aunt, but prior to staying with my aunt, I stayed with my uncle at my mom's house and it was not the best experience. So for me, from wh- what I carried from that experience is even if you have food on your table, because my mom provided everything for us, but they didn't really treat me well. So for Mm. me, it's like, even if you have food on the table, if there's no love, then you're never going to be happy. So when I moved from that place, I've stayed with my mom's sister. And there it was not as, you know, flamboyant or whatever, but like I experienced real love and um, and I I experienced healing. But prior to that, um, just having all those experiences, you just tend to miss your parents um, and sadly, Children like that are also prone to depression and stuff because there's always something lacking and you always want more. Daddy issues was also like at the doorstep of my childhood. I just, I just was struggling so much. I ended up cutting myself, doing, uh, having anxiety. Uh, oh, yeah. I just started drinking at an early age, just to have the, you know, just to like it was a cry for help I could say. So um, after that, I started writing poetry um, when I was 15, and then when I was 19 I compiled some of them and I made a book so that book explains the feeling and it took me it took me to places I never thought I would be and even the feedback I got there it was more of mental um, issues that people were actually going through and I, I it was like a huge discovery just to know that I'm not the only person going through certain things and it was not necessarily the same but the feelings were similar. Like people are going through things and most of them would actually be maybe even older than me. So from, from that experience, doing workshops, going to, I think that one of the most mm. life changing experiences I had was going to maximum prison with my book and just seeing some faces I knew from before and seeing you someone visited to the prison. Yes. I went to maximum prison just to do a little donation and to talk to people and share my book
0: when, like, when you went there, was it, like, what's the atmosphere like? Like, I always hear about, ah, prison is, like, hostile, and when you go there, like, it's not necessarily scary, but, like, the mood, or, like, the atmosphere.
1: Do you Uh, feel uh, like... It's it's not a place where you'd voluntarily want to go. Um, Mm -hmm. it's... Um, I went when I was 19 um, with the team. Thank God, um, we didn't have. We wanted to have uh, ca- ca- cameras there to take pictures and everything, but uh, we were not allowed to. And we had a, a prisoner, a prison cameraman to come, but he also didn't come. And, I, and for now, I understand why because it was meant to be a very intimate moment without anyone taking pictures or account oh, of yeah. what's happening. But I'll tell you this: it's it's sad. It's you, you are not the same when you get in there. You're not even the same when you come out because it's, it's, it's prison. There's, there's no freedom. Um, the resources are limited. The facilities are, are bad, are really bad. So it's, it's, it's awful, I'll tell you that. It's not somewhere you would voluntarily want to go and stay for, for, for a week or even a day. Mm-hmm. It was very sad the stories you hear there, some people, there's one of, one, of the, one of the few people I vividly remember is this lady who killed someone and ate their brain. And, huh? like, I, you, you don't even, like, sometimes, some, some of the experiences I, I had to go through in, in, within that experience, I didn't even know how to react. But... but
0: when you're in that situation and you know that this person who's standing 10 meters away from me, this is what they do, yeah. like, does it change how you deliver or like your confidence in delivering because I imagine that is different from when you're presenting at a school
1: yeah um I think for, for me the greatest thing is compassion um I'll be very honest with you I think I could I could confidently say I'm one of the less judgmental people I've met um, I'm driven by love so much to the point that like it even works against me. For me, like for when I was in there, I just wanted to hug all of them, especially the lady huh? that did that like with the, with the brain. because with that she wasn't even sorry and she was, not, she, was men- she was not mentally okay at the same time. She was mentally ill and you
0: wanted to hug her.
1: She was mentally ill. So for me, the compassion came from she's not even supposed to be in this place in the first place. Because she is not mentally okay.
0: Like, and I understand, like, I understand, like, what you mean. But don't you feel like it's. Because uh, I am. Aren't they, like, rehab people? Or, like, uh, people but who go to prison to speak um, to them? Because I imagine, oh, like.
1: And this is Sorry? And this person is not mentally okay. I understand they've killed someone, but being in prison is not what's going to help them, you know.
0: Oh yeah, I get you.
1: So, and that was where I was coming from. Like, it was actually more of compassion, just to, like, you, I, I wanted more time to to reach an understanding. For me, it was not a matter of, someone says to me, oh, I did this, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm judging them. I'm like, definitely, you should be here. No, it was more, mm-hmm. I wanted to know more um, because it, it, it's, people kill people, people rape people but then um, the story behind it I think sometimes is the most important one just to know why people do what they do um, if you if you if you hear the story, you probably would think differently
0: but like I understand, I understand what you mean but I'm saying the fact that, okay, even if you're not mentally sane or like you're going through your own things but the fact of taking a life and I understand that of course, we ne- we only get to hear like one part of the story, like oh this person did this, this person took a life, but like even stuff with that like, raping, thing, I understand that not everyone is, um, in the correct mental space, but I feel like crimes like that, like someone shouldn't be let to walk Scott Street them. Of course, sense. like
1: of course, of course, we tra- it's a matter of also like protecting the community from from such. Um, but what I'm saying is that lady, the one um, I was talking about, she was not shed. Mental health issues. She had mental disabilities, not mental health. Oh. Mental disabilities. She was not in the right state of mind, even when I met her and like, like people loved her there. Like she's, like, like you know, people that are like not mentally okay. Yeah. Yes, that was her. So even in that state, like she would say it, and for her, it's it's there's no problem. And what she done. Some people, you could tell okay, hey, this person is okay. They don't regret doing what they did. And they did it. And they're not sorry. And they're here to pay for their sins. But certain people, yes, they pay for their sins. But what's the point of putting a mad person in prison?
0: I understand.
1: Yes. and That was just one of the experiences. And then also meeting a girl from high school. She had, you know, she she was now like a lady of the night and she crashed one one of the client's cars and he he put in prison like it was just a lot of sad stories and for me i wanted to do more but i just didn't know where to start but you know like what 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 um what, what people say, when you take the first step, God like creates room for the other one. So I just mm-hmm. found myself in spaces where I was talking a lot about our mental being without actually knowing that's what I was doing until I came to university and I was invited by the school um, to represent the school at a conversation they had for xenophobia. And to me, I think that was also like one of the most defining moments to, to realize that, look, this is what I was built to do. So from then, I started doing my own mental health conversations and I hosted in two universities so far, been invited to countless conversations, but yeah.
0: I, I get you. And one of the biggest things I feel you've done is Coffee, your book. And I absolutely love the whole design with the blue cover with the beans. And today I was reading and I saw that it says it's actually uh, a lot of poems that have just been put together. And I just want to ask, like, what is it about? Is coffee a metaphor or is it something else? Like, maybe I'm just overthinking.
1: Um, You can never overthink. Um, Coffee is is war, hey? Um, For me, when I read coffee, even now, I it's a new feeling all the time um what people usually say to me I guess maybe they think I like hearing it um is oh your book was so good it made me want to have coffee but um to me it's actually factual because it it makes you the aroma everything it's you experience it as you read my book it takes Mm -hmm. you back to almost every experience unfortunately if you haven't had coffee the only thing it would make you do is drew and wanted to have a cup. But it's...
0: Oh, so it's not actually about coffee.
1: It is about coffee. It teaches you about um, what coffee is, um, the culture in, in, different, in different worlds. Um, it teaches about where coffee comes from, um, the coffee experiences that people have, and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I don't know if you'd want me to maybe go through a page or two with you or you... Yeah, yeah you can go you have can you, go through the page i don't mind have you be have you read no i haven't
0: read the book but like i was reading um the back of the book and i was just like going over so it's i think i saw a thing that said poems so is it poems about coffee is it like one book was like broken up into like parts?
1: Okay, so I'll, I'll just give you, like, maybe I'll, I'll make you, I'll read you one of the reviews that I have in the book that was written by one of my friends. She says this, um, sorry, I was just about to read something else and <laughs> disclose the, the other secrets in the book. <laughs> so she said, as I read the book Coffee, I fell in love with the layout. It reminded me of how customers, or to someone else, um, let me look for Chico. I want Chico's I love chico's um because chico is not a writer chico is she's an accountant um she's just mostly more maybe more like you at just an ordinary person reading my book so i like her review better because it's coming from i think a place of objectiveness and Mm -hmm. also um, yeah so she says I've always called it her Onesesa because true to her name's meaning, she sees beyond the obvious. As I read Coffee, it feels like she's speaking to my soul. The attitude in words is a kick of caffeine, pun intended. As a melanin goddess I am, she was a dark roast coffee bean, deep and flavored, appealed to me and shocked my ego. Each person who find themselves in the paragraphs and Pros of these odds: choose to be enriched, choose to be warmed up within, indulge. So, from 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 her, she liked one page that I wrote. Um, I said she was she was a coffee, she was a dark roast coffee bean. Dark and flavored. So from that, um, that's just a whole page altogether. So from that, she she, she resonated with it because she's a black, beautiful woman. Yes. She, she has flavor and she's deep. When you look at a black woman, there's depth in her beauty. Like it's not, I don't know what racist people see, sadly, but when there's always something to articulate, there's always something to to take with you, it could be the eyes, it could be the texture of your skin, it could be anything. Yeah. And for me, I I, I look at it in the same way as a coffee bean because a coffee bean, um, it's 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 it, the the black you know the black coffee. There's a difference between a black coffee and and coffee with milk, and that difference is what makes the two different and unique and that's what makes the cup different and maybe it it differentiates from what you hate and what you don't and and what, what you like so i just took coffee as it is and then i i just reproduced it into feelings because basically um every cup of coffee brings A feeling. People drink coffee for different reasons. It could be maybe they're on a date, or they they want to stay awake, or they love coffee, or it's hot. Do you know that people drink coffee when it's hot to cool down? That's what my mom do. Coffee cools you down, like I. Actually, coffee or tea. Coffee or tea, but like when you drink a hot beverage when it's hot you cool down your system. It's a scientific fact. Because now, because of the hot things you're bringing into your body, your body wants to cool down. Oh. So it cools you. It's like when you're having a cold shower on a on a very cold day, you warm up.
0: Oh, I actually just didn't know this. And
1: so, yeah, exactly. So that's, this is what my book is all about. It's about um, exploring coffee, but also exploring the human facts. Um the facts of everything, there's one of them that I really like the most. Um, it's it's the very first page actually it says coffee is a gift from Africa to the world. You're welcome. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. Coffee was founded in Africa.
0: And like how much research went into the book? Like I love like I love what you're saying about how you personified coffee. Like as like people just see coffee as a drink, but like you made coffee a person. You made coffee Um, a human like you embodied it and like I really like that and I just want to ask like how much preparation or like how long did it take you to um, write the whole book and did you do it by yourself or you had a team
1: I did it with God Uh, you know (laughs) like um, I woke up one morning because it was actually like during a fast and I was I was praying because I was also like doubting my creativity and I just woke up at three and i wrote a couple pages until five o'clock and i walked to the gym reading reading them and i when i was coming back from the gym i read i read some of them to my friend and she's like dude this is so cool i'm like i know right so um <laughs> <laughs> like it, it i think it was a gift from it was a gift from god for for me um because it's something that i never really like most of the time i think of i want to write a book i want to write about this and i take time with it but, like, with coffee, it was even a gift to me because it's something I didn't plan per se, but, but I did care about. Um, so when I started writing coffee, I had, obviously, to, to make use of professionals in, in the field. My very first page uh, was reviewed by one of the senior judges for Coffee Roasting um, Olympics. So oh. he's big in the business, yes. Um, he's big in the business, Um. He also has his his own coffee company. He helped build coffee businesses. He is big. So I I consulted him. I also consulted one of the professional coffee roasters from um, South Africa. He's busy right now touring in, around the world um, to, in, it, with coffee. Like he's, he's, he's discovering more to do with coffee. So coffee is deep. It's not just, it's, it's, it's actually a sport. Some people spend, Years and years in practice on how to roast a coffee bean. So um, they helped me really to and they took me through they took me through it. I, I watched coffee, documentaries. There's a lot to go with a coffee cup, to be
0: honest. Wait, do so people actually have like Olympics like competitions and yeah. like roasting coffee? Yes. That's so strange. And like as like I can imagine that um, Did you feel any? Have you had any backlash with your book, or did you feel nervous releasing it as like your work?
1: Um. So coffee is my second, my third book actually. Um. I only have two still on the shelf. One we had to take down, but um, I I was excited. Um, the the book itself, I think it's underrated people don't really know the worth of the book coffee sadly but i hope that the world will catch up i'm sure they will uh it's just that it just came out so i'm giving it time the only challenges i have faced is basically almost everything um <laughs> people <laughs> I- i'm being very honest uh, <laughs> everything um people undermine the author because i'm a small girl um people don't like like so this sorry
0: you mean like physically you're small or well, like your name I'm physically, and like
1: i'm physically small and i'm also like a 23 year old so maybe some people be like what does she really know about coffee she's only lived here for 23 years but um yeah and also another thing people don't like to read so the moment they see the cover they're like they're having they're like book phobic before uh-huh. they even open the book and realize oh it is actually like a very small read like my coffee it's a very quick read it's it's called a chapbook for a reason it's something you'll read in 10 minutes but you probably would need to read it again for you to articulate everything but it's a very quick read um the market that i'm trying to tap into it's very new so selling books to them is a bit strange they're like uh, are you lost but (laughs) I'll be like really in the right place I'm trying to sell it in cafes I'm trying to sell it um, in airports I'm trying to sell it at train stations I'm trying to sell it at the most awkward and most untouched places as possible because I think people need to tap into the reading culture people need to stay well vest and also people need to I, there's a lot of ignorance. People drink a lot of coffee, but you'll find that a few of them actually know what they're drinking. Do you know coffee is like the second most traded commodity in the world?
0: I think the biggest thing with that is I think people feel like what other people do, they should also do. Like if someone else is doing something, then, if, then to them it's also right. Because, okay, I'm not a coffee drinker. I don't drink coffee or anything. I just drink water. But I know like if I think it's like the saying, like monkey see monkey do like if you see people drinking something you might not know what you're drinking but you just know oh coffee people are drinking coffee and coffee tastes nice so cool I'm gonna drink coffee and I feel like I was also like book phobic like I hated reading books um because before I'd even open a book and I know they always say uh don't judge a book by its cover but before I'd always read a book if it had more than 100 pages, I just wouldn't want to open it. Because I feel like, oh, it's going to be boring. Who reads a book? But I think my first, the first book I read, um, I think it was The Green Tree. And it was just like mm. a book about um, a child, a little boy who plays with the tree. Um, that's so weird. Like a little boy who plays with the tree. And from there, I started liking like to read. Um, Whether it was a novel, an article, and I feel like maybe yeah. that's the ignorance that people have now. Like people, people would rather watch a movie than read a book, and it shows in like other aspects of your life how people would rather take like the easier way out. And I feel like maybe that's the problem why a lot of people aren't necessarily where they are because. I think they feel like oh i'm um, watching a movie that's not a lot of effort i just have to sit down for an hour but reading a book is harder because i have to now uh rest i have to read it i have to be comfortable and yeah like that's just like my thoughts on like the whole book thing.
1: Mm, okay well for me i don't know um i my reading started in high school i started when i was 15 or 14 um, but I didn't start with the, you know, with the perfect books. I started reading. Um, I liked Shakespeare when I started doing literature. I fell in love with him, so I wanted to know more about the Elizabethan language. I was very intrigued, and I wanted to to speak like that. I felt like it was really cool, and um, yeah. And I I still think English has been has lo- has lost value.
0: Oh, you wanted time. to speak like how Shakespeare spoke with when's a queen's like that?
1: Five, five, yes. but that was, Like, <laughs> that doesn't apply, like,
0: nowadays. Like, And that's what I say. I think, like, as time goes on, we're supposed to modernize. Like, we're supposed to change yes, the I Yes, the...
1: I get that. I'm just saying Um, it it, it it was intriguing at that time. Like, that's how I started writing, actually. But then what made me read more, I started writing, reading Muse and Boons and muse and boons were so interesting like i i could live in that book and the funny thing is we were three i played with two 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 friends and two more friends and we would share the same book so basically you had to read very fast or Mm -hmm. else someone would get the book before you finish so i think that also helped me with my reading pace and i would i would read the muse and boon in two days I probably won't sleep just so because I know like Unita is coming to pick it up tomorrow and, and I'll get another mm-hmm. one um, then from there uh, you, you start reading so I think coffee for, for instance I think it's a very good start because coffee is not a book with so many words it's not a book of many words but also the more you read it the more you'd want to read more and hopefully not just coffee you'd want to read more of what maybe Kiwana is writing or you'd want to venture into more reading in Mm -hmm. general.
0: And another thing, like um, Dan, another thing I saw is um, on your social media, you're always preaching about being different and being misunderstood. And do you feel like that embodies you? Of course that embodies you because you wanted to adopt a child when you are 12 and you wanted to speak like Shakespeare. But like... (laughs) But like does that... I would
1: love to write like him. I would write I would love to. I would love to have an Elizabethan themed book. I a Elizabethan language themed book I would really do. But not necessarily speak like him. Maybe once in a while, you
0: know. <laughs> but like do you feel like being different and or it is something that you strive to be?
1: I don't strive to be different. I am different. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, the only thing I could strive to be Is like everyone else Or to be familiar uh, If I am to ever put effort into anything Otherwise I think We are all different Um, Starting with our fingerprints They're all different And I think that's like the very first print That just shows that we are all different So for me I thrive more Into embracing that Than you know shutting it down Because I realise every time I've allowed myself to be I have become better at it and it's easier it's it's so easy to be yourself than anything else it suits you better it's and you also find your client um not maybe not quicker but it's 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 even easier when you meet people who are who have the same quirks as you to keep them oh I
0: get you and like also with being different I think the biggest thing for me is um I have, like, a lot of anxiety. Like, my anxiety, like, it gets bad. But, and it always, like, happens with putting stuff out, whether it's a podcast or putting anything out. And for myself, I always believe, like, if there's always a quote that I go back to that says, if not me, who, if not now, when? And I think that's Mm -hmm. something that I've started to, like, use. And that really helps, like, when my, I feel my anxiety coming back because I'm like, always like, okay, like, I'm different. You have to understand that you're different. And, okay, the lot like, one of the last things I'm going to say is, I saw your tweet that said the other guy was just a stepping stone so I could meet you. And I was just so curious. Like, are you, right now, are you currently in a relationship?
1: I'm not in a relationship.
0: <laughs> and, do you feel like being in a relationship um, hinders work, or like being um, attached to someone, decrease, like it decreases productivity.
1: Uh, okay. Um, I feel like when did I write this this tweet? Because I feel like if you had asked me then, I would have given you a different answer altogether.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, um, for me, first of all, um, I think I should just say this, um, because I need to not justify that um tweet, but to also back it up. For me, how I look at breakups is totally different from how I used to look at breakups. My first or second relationship, for me, it was more of oh, why I would have wanted to marry you or whatever. But like for now, it's such a blessing. To me, it's like at least it has ended now than later when I would have put in so much energy into this. Or I'm glad it has ended. Uh, and now I can I get to to be more or learn or just maybe learn a few things from this and 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 move on. Every breakup has its own blessings. Believe it or not, you might not see it today, but it it creates a different person in you, or it unlocks a door to a different version of you. And that version, if you look at it correctly, that version is a misfit to the person you were dating before, mm-hmm. but was probably the very the best fit for the guy you you meet in that season so i think every relationship is a preparation for a better one yeah, um, I get you. there's always something to learn oh. but um it's dating a hindrance um i really enjoy my space now i really enjoy my space i love meeting guys and picking up what I don't like and what I like and it, it, it ends there until maybe I find the perfect person for me but then also um, I really have taken a lot of time off and I give myself so much more than I was able to do when I was in the previous relationships but not to say when you're in a relationship is destructive I think when you're with the right person you are even able to do more because they say two heads are better than one so if yeah. you're with the right person at the right time, um, a relationship is really a blessing. But if you're not with the right person, being alone is better because you get more done.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I get you. I get you. And the last thing I'd to ask is, um, of course, there are a lot of authors and people who suffer from mental health issues. And what is some advice that you give Um, some of these people in dealing with or in pushing for their goals and dealing with mental health?
1: Okay, so one thing I, I feel like I even tell myself now is it's okay to feel bad. It's okay to fail. It's okay to be heartbroken. It's okay to have all the negative feelings don't try to run away from them because um, I read I read a lot of mental health articles from Nick he's, Um He's a psychologist and he says every time we we try to brush off a negative feeling, we're teaching our body that it's not okay and it's the wrong thing to do, like to feel that way. Hence, every time we're, we're heartbroken, our body gets in a panic mode because it thinks it's bad. But negative emotions... And good emotions I just like weather things that we really can't control but at least the least we could do is embrace yeah, and it from a very p- positive um perspective and also deal with it in a way that is restorative not like trying to to bury it so that it comes back biting you two months or two weeks later or when you're sober um you mm-hmm. just need to address whatever you're going through if you're going through a heartbreak be kind to yourself like The least you could do is be kind to yourself and accept that you're feeling that way um acceptance goes a long way than denial Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um it's they think i i think most people think that going dealing with a problem is more time consuming but i think Bearing it is more time-consuming because it stays longer and 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 becomes a bigger problem because now you are dealing with that emotion and you're also dealing with the emotion of not being able to deal with that emotion. So yeah, just be kind to yourself. Take every day as it comes. Um, we all fail. Life is not perfect, and also. I think one other thing what can i say let's look for the very lucky one the very lucky one is um i think yeah just being kind to yourself i think kindness goes a long way because but don't be negligent of of of, of, of also things you need to to deal with because this there's no point in just embracing that you're sad and actually not getting to a point you you come out of it you need to you need to be positive the the world is so negative if you are also negative then you're not doing anything good for yourself so i think a lot of positivity comes comes into play in our mental health and the only way you could do that is surround yourself with positivity read positive things um dwell on positivity and let's stop listening to sad music when we're sad it's not (laughs) doing any good
0: yeah but thank you so much for joining us today on the morning news it's honestly been a pleasure having you and i wish you all the best with your book and in all endeavors of your life thank you
1: thank you so much for your time i'm thoroughly humbled i'd I'd love to come back